From The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Friday, September 29. A group of Indigenous activists chalked up a major win in the federal court yesterday. A judge sided with the group to block seismic works at Woodside Energy's Scarborough gas project. Justice Craig Colvin said the federal regulator did the wrong thing when it gave Woodside the all-clear to start work, and it could end up costing the energy company in a big way. Tasmanian Premier Jeremy Rockliffe has ordered an independent review of Attorney General Elise Archer after The Australian revealed that her staff were subjected to bullying and inappropriate behaviour. It's not yet known if Ms Archer will stand aside while the probe takes place. The Brisbane Lions will take on the Collingwood Magpies in the AFL Grand Final at the Melbourne Cricket Ground on Saturday. But if the Lions emerge victorious, they may not have anywhere to hang their medals. That's because the Queensland government is knocking down their home ground, the Gabba, ahead of the 2032 Olympics. In today's episode, why the potential premiers are already sweating a season that's two years away. Plus, later in the episode, how Collingwood's colourful boss turned the club around. Fifty-four thousand six hundred and seventy-six. That's how many people are members of the Brisbane Lions AFL club. Presumably, most of them are Queenslanders. With a capacity of forty-two thousand, the Lions' current home ground, the Gabba, has a seat for most of them. It's Neil swings onto his right boot. That's two goals apiece at the Gabba. But not for long. The Queensland government is about to level the iconic stadium and rebuild it for the 2032 Olympic Games, which are happening in Brisbane. The International Olympic Committee has the honour to announce that the Games of the 35th Olympiad are awarded to Brisbane, Australia. (laughs) That means if the Lions defeat Collingwood in the AFL Grand Final on Saturday... They could be a premiership-winning team without a home ground in just two seasons' time. And that could spell disaster for the club, which risks losing both members and revenue from ticket sales. CEO Greg Swan says he's looking forward to the day that the Lions will be able to make use of the new state-of-the-art Gabba, but he acknowledged the rebuild puts his club in a difficult position in the interim. Greg Swan is in Melbourne already for the Lions clash with Collingwood. He says he hardly knows the Lions are in the final by the looks of everything in Melbourne. It's all decked out in Collingwood colours. Sarah Elks is a reporter in The Australian's Brisbane Bureau. Behind the scenes of all of that, he's having conversations with the state government about what happens when the Gabba gets knocked down at the end of 2025. They're talking about whether they relocate and what compensation will be paid to the club because they're having their tenancies disrupted. So they've got to be compensated for that and there's a big question mark over where they get relocated to. Of course, the Lions won't actually be left without somewhere to play come 2025. But the problem's that not all of those 54,000 members will fit in the proposed new locations. Greg Swan reckons there's two main options on the table. That is an expansion of the Lions' fancy new training ground out at Springfield. That's about 30 kilometres outside of Brisbane CBD. It seats 8,000 to 10,000 now. It'd have to be expanded to 20,000, according to the Lions. 
He makes the point that the Lions have had this great success in building its membership. When he started as CEO in 2014, I think they had something like 18,000. So it's been an enormous transformation. But wherever they end up for this interim period, not everybody's going to be able to turn up to see a home game. The other option that he sees is just down the road from where I am, which is the RNA showgrounds where we hold the ECA. There's no stadium there. So that would have to have quite a major upgrade in order to host sport. So there is doubt about whether that would be possible to turn around in two years. The government's also considering two other options, which are the Gold Coast Stadium at Carrara. That's a little bit tricky for the Brisbane Lions, given they're based in Brisbane. And the fourth option is what used to be called QE2 or ANZ Stadium south of Brisbane at Nathan, which is now the Queensland Athletic Stadium. But that's tricky to get to as well. It's not on a train line. So all of these options have got big asterisks next to them. So it's a very strange situation that they find themselves in. The Lions aren't the only team being booted from the Gabba in 2025. Queensland Cricket, Cricket Australia and the Big Bash League also stage tests, one-dayers and T20 matches at the Gabba. They deserve this. They deserve everyone to be out in the middle of the Gabba right now and just take in what it's all about to win a test match at the Gabba and to win a test series in Australia. They'll find out where they're headed by the end of this year. So cricket's main option is the Allen Border Field, which is at Albion near the Brecky Creek Hotel, if anyone knows Brisbane well. And they've got about 3,000 seats. Queensland Cricket wants that upgraded to 10,000 seats. But even if that happened, there's still a lot of doubt about whether Queensland could continue to host our standard test match at the start of the cricketing summer, just because that would be an incredibly low capacity stadium for a test match, 10,000 seats. The rebuild will increase the Gabba's capacity to 55,000 and make it the main stadium for the 2032 Games. The redevelopment is expected to cost $2.7 billion. That's about $1.7 billion more than originally estimated. And it doesn't include what taxpayers will fork out for new facilities for the Lions and the Gabba's cricket tenants. The blowout has already landed Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk in hot water because the rebuild wasn't actually a requirement of hosting the Games. And it's a hot topic right now following the sensational cancellation of the 2026 Commonwealth Games by former Victorian Premier Dan Andrews, who cited cost as the primary motivator for the decision. Uh, I will not take money out of hospitals and schools in order to fund an event that is three times the cost uh, as estimated and budgeted for last year. And as you said, that doesn't include the associated costs of compensating the displaced sporting codes. It also doesn't include the cost of knocking down and then shifting a local school. And there's been a lot of criticism of the government because what it's done is gotten rid of an independent budget oversight body 
for the Olympic Games that was supposed to operate outside government and have an independent look at how the budget was spent on these big infrastructure projects. At the start of the year, the Palaszczuk government decided that they did not need to do that. They had a Deloitte report from those consultants that cost about $90,000 confirming that that decision was okay. And they've since moved the infrastructure oversight powers into Deputy Premier Stephen Miles's department. So there has been a huge amount of criticism from the opposition, from the federal coalition, that this is not the right way to do it and flagging that this could lead to further cost blowouts in the future. And what we have seen with big projects recently in Queensland, for example, the Cross River Rail public transport project, or the cost of manufacturing trains in Maryborough, they've also experienced big cost blowouts. So it sort of adds up to a perception that the government can't keep a lid on spending. Coming up, Collingwood has been undergoing a transformation of its own, and one of the AFL's most colourful characters is driving the change. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. It was a game that went down to the wire in every sense of the word. The preliminary final of the 2022 AFL season. The Collingwood Magpies taking on the Sydney Swans at their sold-out home ground. He's got it! Swans are away with the first three! A strong start from the Swans and a comeback by the Pies had the two teams neck and neck for a thrilling 80 minutes. Can you believe this? They're back to within three! The Pies are absolutely charging! The Swans snatched the victory in the final seconds of the game a single point enough to dash Collingwood's hopes of a 16th flag. One of the best games of football you'll ever see. And the Pies' Cinderella story finally grinds to a halt. It was a bitterly disappointing loss for Collingwood, but a stunning turnaround for the club, which finished the 2021 season in the 17th spot on the ladder following a racism scandal. And it happened in tandem with another transformation at the club. When Jeff Brown was unanimously elected as Collingwood's 14th president in December of 2021, the club was in a bad way. His appointment was a controversial one. He rolled his predecessor, Mark Corder, who'd only been in the role since February of that year. And then he promptly set about doing things his way. One thing that I am determined to do is to push our membership uh, way beyond where it's ever been before. Uh, I've said this publicly. And well, Collingwood's all of a sudden the happiest place to be in the AFL, and it wasn't the case when Jeff Brown took over as president in late 2021. John Stansholt is The Australian's lists editor, which means he's in charge of our annual Richest 250 showcase. 
It's the biggest club in the competition, just about. It's so popular. Now, sometimes that means it polarizes opinion. You either love them or you hate them. I think it's quite interesting what's happened under Jeff Brown's leadership is that there's a new coach, there's a new captain, there's a new president, there's new support staff, there's a new CEO, and it's just a good place to be. This new coaches come in and Craig McRae and transform the place, and the players have been unshackled. They take risks during the game. They you know, play a pretty daring brand of football, and I think that reflects what's going on off the field. They feel comfortable they're being there. They have a coach with a lot of empathy. They have a couple of star players from the 1990s that are back at the club as well, and Craig Kelly and Graham Wright running the show and running it really effectively. All of a sudden, Collingwood's a bit more humble, and they're winning games, so that helps as well. But it all wraps up to a really good story, I think. His ascension to the presidency might have ruffled some feathers, but Jeff Brown's passion for Collingwood AFL club isn't a flash in the pan. The now 66-year-old played a handful of games for the Pies under-19s in the early 1970s. It's been a long and winding road to Collingwood's boardroom since then. He was the league's external legal counsel for two decades and has held high-level executive positions at Channel 9 and car sales. And his enthusiasm is palpable in this all-important grand final week. He spoke to John at Tuesday's open training session at the AIA Centre in Melbourne. Look, I mean, Jeff is a quiet and determined figure. Look, he does a lot of his work in the background. He's calm. He does portray a pretty calm, steely demeanour. He's not a big show in his own right like previous presidents might have been. But he exudes confidence He's confident that Collingwood will put on a good show on Saturday, but also that the club is set up for more years to come as well. So it's not just necessarily about this year, but I think Collingwood fans would really like to pinch a grand final because they don't win many. They get to a lot. They don't necessarily win a lot of grand finals. And who are you backing in tomorrow's grand final? This will be my seventh grand final that I go to as a Collingwood fan, and I've seen them win once. So it gives you an indication of uh, it can be tough for Collingwood fans to bear it on on the last day of the year. And uh, let's just hope it goes a bit better than usual. The only thing that I should say is go Lions, go Broncos. John Stensholt is The Australian's Lists editor and Sarah Elks is a senior reporter in our Brisbane bureau. Subscribers can read John's profile of Jeff Brown as well as all our coverage of Saturday's AFL Clash right now at theaustralian.com.au. Thanks for joining us on The Front this week. Our team is Claire Harvey, Leah Samaglou, Jasper Leake, Tiffany Dimack and me, Kristen Amiot. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.